With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. That's right. Everything you need from Vegas coming to you straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell. And tonight, it's a handicapper's delight. Steve Cofield, undisclosed location. But we got two wise guys with us tonight. Brad Powers, college specialist. Steve Fezzik, professional batter. Maybe the most famous professional batter in the world. And guys, this is exciting. I think is the only way to say it because we're going to be recapping tonight's action. We're going to do a little smidge of recapping on Thursday's action. Then we're going to be handicapping both the Elite Eight Saturday games in depth, giving you the info you need to, you know, if you want to put a little something something on the games, we're going to help you out. Showtime! First game, Duke wins, but it was closer than expected. 69-65 over Syracuse. Brad, here's my first question. What was with the Syracuse team? Because we told all kinds of stories. And let's be honest, we take the bows when we're right, when Vegas is right. I'm not afraid to bow, soak in the applause. But when we're wrong, we've got to be honest about it. First point, Syracuse, from our opinion, the Vegas opinion, was the most egregious inclusion in the tournament. Of every team of the 68 that made the tournament, obviously, amongst the at-large bids we're talking about, Vegas believes Syracuse was the worst. In fact, we put out some stats. There'd be 11 NIT teams that would be favored over Syracuse. That's what we said entering the tournament. Wins the play-in, wins again, wins again. And then we're like, well, you know, it's the zone, all right? It's the zone. But Duke, Duke's got the length, Duke's got the shooting. And, oh, Duke runs the zone themselves. 
right, for quite a while now, 10, 12 games, oh, they're in big, big trouble. Didn't happen that way. Syracuse covers again. Let's start there. What the heck did Syracuse pull off? Well, tonight, you mentioned Duke's got the shooting. Duke, again, for the second time this season against Syracuse, did not, RJ, have the shooting. From behind the arc, first game, Duke against Syracuse, 2 out of 18. So this was regular season? Regular season in February. Tonight, same story, 5 out of 26 from three-point range for Duke. Main reason why Duke allowed Syracuse to stay in the game, poor outside shooting for the Blue Devils. All right, so let's go over those numbers again. They played earlier in the year, Syracuse, how Duke... From three-point land, only two out of 18. Tonight, three-point land, only five of 26. Now, college basketball, pro basketball, handicapping 101, when there's bad shooting, there's usually two reasons, and there's some blend, usually, of the two. The question is, what is the percentage split tonight, which is possibility one, bad shooting, just kind of fluky. Some teams just shoot bad some nights. We've all had our off nights, let's be honest. Or number two, the defense contested those shots. They were tough shots. Does it make sense they didn't make a bunch? How would we characterize Syracuse tonight, their defense, and how did that lead to Duke's poor shooting? Well, I would give Syracuse probably 70%. They're a great defense for Syracuse as part of that equation. Now, the 30%, I would just say poor shot selection by Duke. When Duke had success tonight was when they actually got beyond the zone and weren't afraid to take a 15-foot jump shot. Grayson Allen, the point guard, didn't take a two-point attempt until about six or seven minutes left in the game. So I thought a little bit of poor shot selection, but we got to give it up to Syracuse. I mean, they're coming off a game where they held Michigan State to Michigan State's worst shooting performance of the season. Syracuse defense was elite for these four games in the NCAA tournament. Now, anyone listening is thinking, well, wait a minute. If this team was so bad during the regular season to the point they were the worst team that made the tournament at large, if Syracuse was that bad, then how is their defense this good? Now, what we would have said maybe before tonight is this Syracuse zone is so quirky that teams aren't used to it. And thus, oh, wow, it takes them a half to even get a feel for it, and you're behind, you're in trouble. But Duke had played them. So was this a matter of in the other games, maybe it was the quirkiness, uh, the, the lack of being familiar with that Syracuse zone, and this game was some other reason, or was it Syracuse didn't really play hard during the regular season, and then in the postseason they started playing hard, and this team was this good the whole year? Because it would strike me, the team we've seen in these four games for Syracuse, 15th, 18th best team in the country? The way they're playing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right? But you had them ranked where entering the tournament? Uh, not, not even in the top 50 coming so, into the tournament. So why? Well, it's kind of a, a re, not a recent And maybe not, you might say, I don't know. Well, right? I don't, I mean, why? If we go past years, this has been, this has happened to Syracuse multiple years now in the last four or five. Syracuse has vastly underperformed in the regular season. Once they've hit the tournament, this is the third deep run they made in the NCAA tournament, even though they haven't been higher than an eight seed. Okay, but you're giving us results. You're not giving us reasons. Some so, of, And maybe that's yeah. all we need can take away, put in our pocket for next year, is if it's Bayheim, if And again, sometimes when you're in unfamiliar situations in life, if you have a leader... And you look over and you say, that guy's been there. You don't quite know why 
he's been able to do it. But you look and say, hey, Beheim's been there. Gives maybe kids confidence. Could be that quirky zone. But boy, oh boy, a very impressive run of four games from Syracuse. Losing tonight, but covering easily. Steve Fezzik, professional batter. Number one takeaway for the Duke side. We've talked a lot of Syracuse. What are you seeing with Duke? I'm a little concerned about Duke's two-point shooting. The way to beat this zone is you kick it into a guy at the free-throw line. And then if they leave you alone, you shoot it. If they collapse, then you kick it out to three-point land. Well, Syracuse let Duke have the 15-footers, and they didn't want to take them. And when they did, they didn't make them. And I think that that's a major concern. Maybe somebody else is going to employ the same defense on them. Wait a minute. (laughs) So someone, a team is just randomly going to start running the Syracuse zone at this point in the year. Well, Duke looks vulnerable to the zone, so we okay, might, they might so, see some more zone going forward. So that's a good tease ahead because we will be doing a minute or two with early previews, and tomorrow night, remember, straight out of Vegas, tomorrow night, 10 o'clock Pacific, an extra hour to midnight Pacific, we'll be looking ahead to this Duke-Kansas game, which is playing on Sunday. Last thing on this game... Well, Brad, let's just say maybe, yeah, let's make this the last thing on this game. We talked a lot of Syracuse. What's your number one takeaway with the Duke team? Uh, I have my concerns as well on Duke, and a lot of it comes to the shooting performance. I thought the first game against Syracuse was an outlier. The first time they saw that. Well, so we're going back like 12, 14 games and saying, well, they didn't shoot well there, they didn't shoot well here, but they won almost every game in between. We're worried. And they won both of these games. True. <laughs> But, I mean, they had some issues against North Carolina. Uh, So when you just win, that's an (laughs) issue. I mean, do we – well, I mean, let's quickly look ahead to this Kansas game. Is Kansas really super inclined to play zone defense? Not not nearly as good as Syracuse. Now, they have – So why are we concerned? I'm not. See, what we don't do here – and straight out of Vegas, we don't just say, oh, well, there needs to be a talking point so we can waste two minutes. Is there another team that's going to play zone this effective? No, not even close. So it's not a problem. No, and that's why I'm leaning with Duke against Kansas. (laughs) And we'll be talking about that in a minute. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Next game, we're looking at that Kansas game. So Kansas wins 80 to 76. Hmm, that's four points over Clemson. The line five. Brad Powers, who did you have on this game? Kansas minus five. How's it feel? Does not feel too good. Pocketbook, <laughs> pocketbook's a little empty tonight after that one, RJ. So, guys, you can know for sure, even the pros, when they lose those bad beats, they don't like it. They don't like it. Makes sense. Keeps you hungry, right? If you got comfortable with bad beats, I'm not sure. I might that might be the time to retire. Yeah. Right? When it says, "Oh, bad beat, no problem. I don't care." Might be the time. Now, removing yourself because really, it's a very important concept to remember if you're trying to handicap seriously. You're going to root when you've got a bet, but you can't look at the game through biased eyes. If it's like every time. Kansas makes a jumper. If you bet Kansas, like, oh, there you go. Good shot. Every time Clemson does, oh, lucky shot. You're going to be skewed 
in your perception of the game. So being a pro, Brad Powers, what did you see in this Kansas-Clemson game? Number one takeaway. Kansas obviously got up early and extended that lead second half. Kansas is up 20. What so happened? how did they get up? Obviously, I mean, what was it on the floor that allowed Kansas to get such a lead? Well, I mean, it wasn't even Kansas playing that well because their best player again, Devontae Graham, the Big 12 player of the year, started off the game one for seven. So Kansas wasn't playing that well. It's just Kansas had the big guy as a bookie back, and that really helps their offense when the outside shooting's not there. Kansas hadn't had that the last four or five games. They can throw it down low. That really helped them out. That's because the big guy was injured, and then he played, but was limited. Absolutely. But how did he? What was the eye test on him health wise? Looked as good as he's been, obviously, all season. Yeah, played lots of minutes. Actually, fouled out at the very end of the game. He got enough minutes, and he's really what's been missing from this KU team to put them into that elite status. Now, when you say missing, though, how long was he injured for? He. Yeah, he missed the all three games of the Big 12 tournament. Kudos to Kansas for winning the Big 12 tournament without their seven-foot center. Only played three minutes in the first round and about 20 minutes in the second round. So when you say missing, Fez, you mean in, during this undefeated run? Yeah, very limited minutes <laughs> recently. But they were missing during this undefeated Kansas run? <laughs> yes. Hmm, I'm confused. They're even better. They went, they've gone from being a very good team to being an elite team with him. Okay, well, that's our cue because what we're going to do when we come back is we're going to be talking about an early handicap on certainly the game of the Elite Eight. It's going to be Kansas against Duke. Straight out of Vegas! Newman leaving around one second, and that's going to do it. A little fist pump from Bill Self as the Kansas Jayhawks are on their way to their third straight Elite Eight and the 22nd trip in KU history. Kansas survives a scare late, beating Clemson 80-76. to On to the Elite Eight for the Jayhawks. Straight out of Vegas, R.J. Bell in the host chair tonight. Wise guys galore, Brad Powers, Steve Fezzik. We're going right into the matchup, marquee matchup of the Elite Eight. Duke, Kansas right now, early line, straight out of Vegas. Duke favored by three and a half. Now, tomorrow night, we'll be talking about this game in depth, 15, 20 minutes, breaking it down. Early, high-level look, Brad Powers. Yeah, first off, I don't expect Duke to have such a poor performance from behind the arc like they did tonight when they shot 5 out of 26, Duke did. This is one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country all year long. So history says at least this season they'll have a better performance. And here's where I expect even a a better performance. They're going to get more opportunities. Why? Rebounding. Duke's one of the top five teams in the country when it comes to rebound margin because of their size. And Kansas normally takes advantage of their 7-foot centers as a bookie when he's healthy. But in this matchup, major disadvantage for Kansas. Kansas not even in the top 150 when it comes to rebound margin. Major advantage for Duke. I'll be leaning with Duke. By the way, that Kansas call when we were coming in from Westwood One (laughs) Radio Network, just a little jab at Brad with his, I mean, is that a bad beat? I think we should set the bar really high with bad beats. Oh, absolutely it was. I mean, from the seven-minute mark of the first half until 15 seconds were left in the second half, Kansas was covering at every single point. <laughs> and, did, you get like, did you get like a little chart and like chart like with a graph and dots and chart it out? 
No, I just knew that my ticket was winning that whole time. Literally the entire second half, RJ, the line on this game and in-game wagering was Kansas minus nine. Kansas was expected to so win just by to, nine. So just to be clear, so one of the new things last few years, it's gotten bigger and bigger and continues to do so, is in-game wagering. So before, all your bets were before the game started, pregame.com. All right, before the game started. Now, yeah, vast majority of the money is still bet before the game start, but you can bet as the game is going on. And really, at the most basic, betting as the game is going on is saying, hey, if every if we started from here, what would the line be? If we started from here. So a team might be up 20, but if it's the underdog, let's say up 20, and there's eight minutes left, the line in the game might be, what, 14, right? Where the favor or the team that's winning still wins, but the other team makes up maybe six points, right? So you can always tell how unlikely a comeback was by, hey, what was the line at various points, the in-game line? And you're saying the in-game line throughout the game was Kansas clearly covering the spread. Right. You bet on Kansas. You say, I'm a monster favorite to win. It looks good until literally, RJ, the final three seconds when Kansas was unable to get fouled and go to the line to cover Brad's bet. So longtime listeners might be thinking, you know, Fezzik loves his bad beat stories too, so maybe he's just taking side. But that one does sound sort of bad. So I'm going to give you a little bit of pass. Fez, what's your so it would seem from Brad's perspective, Duke is the clear favorite, and they are favored. Brad might be thinking even a little bit short as in value on Duke. What I'm hearing is, hey, Duke didn't shoot well tonight, but they typically shoot well. So let's expect them to do well from the outside on Sunday against Kansas. And Kansas with a very good big man typically dominates inside, typically would have big advantages against all... I mean, how many teams in the country is Duke... Oh, I'm sorry, check that. Kansas at a deficit inside. Inside play, if we were just grading it, and obviously this is off the cuff, it's going to be a broad guess. I mean, are there even 10 teams in the country with an inside edge against Kansas? Yeah, probably 10. 10. Yeah. So 351 teams, there's only 10 with an inside edge and one of those teams is clearly Duke. Yes, absolutely. Is Duke the best inside team in the country? No question. Best front court in America. No question. Yep. Wowza. Okay, Fez, you've got, you say hold on. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with Brad's handicapping on a neutral site. We can make Duke minus three and a half, but it's not a neutral site. The game is in Omaha, Nebraska. I expect 75 to 80% of the fans to be cheering for Kansas. I think that's worth a good basket here. And because of that. About two points of home court. Yeah. What what is Kansas? What's their home court when they're actually home? Four, four and a half? Four, four and a half. So you're saying about half the value on home court advantage in this venue. Yes. And I also like the fact that they've basically been home the last three weeks. So they've um, had that home court advantage consistency. Each and every game makes it a lot easier. Duke has to play in their first really hostile environment now. You've got to get to Hooters and try the new smoked wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings. And with all the taste and half the calories, you can eat twice as many Hooters. i got to be honest. I love that logic. Because <laughs> like, I think the worst thing that ever happened, well, maybe not the worst, but one of the worst was when they started putting calories on everything. I get this idea, you know, that, hey, if we go into Dunkin' Donuts or, you know, store XYZ, that, 
Oh, that do- like I was at the movies a couple nights ago, and I actually was going to buy a donut and sneak it in. I, I'm not above that. And I looked, and it was like one donut was like 380 calories. And it's like, that doesn't seem right. But you would think I would not eat it. And, and then victory for the you know, health agencies. But no, I still ate it. I just didn't enjoy it as much. <laughs> right? But I think Hooters is making a good point. If you can either have half or double as many or eat the same and have half the guilt. I like that. That's the way I'm looking at it. All right. Any closing thoughts on this? Duke Kansas. And we'll probably tease this more towards an in-depth conversation on this game tomorrow night uh, on the show, but major coaching advantage, in my opinion, believe it or not, in this matchup in favor of Coach K, particularly in the Elite Eight round, significant advantage from past performance. We were emailing earlier, Brad, and you we had some stats on Bill Self, Kansas coach, in the Sweet 16 round, in the Elite Eight round. Sweet 16 round. Bill Self, good. Now, t- 10 and 3 straight up. And because of the backdoor cover by Clemson, only 8 and 5 against it. the spread. Some moratorium on the backdoor yes. cover. Coach K in the Elite 8, but in the Elite 8 round, Bill Self. This is Bill Self. Bill Self. 2 and two and 7 straight up, 1 and 8 against the spread. Coach K, and my ATS numbers don't go all the way back to the late 80s, 12 and 2 straight up in the Elite 8. That, that's phenomenal. So th- that's a partial number from a certain point onward. 12 and 2 straight ups is all time career. Okay. As far as I only have the last 10 against the spread, where it's 5 and 5 against the spread. Okay, interesting. Now, to me, one of the most laughable things, right? Because what Twitter's done, what social, me- social media's done, and I think it's great, is get the, the guy in his basement that really has a, a bright mind, a mathematical, analytical mind, and he has a, an audience potentially. You know, a lot of these guys, they. They work a straight job, but then six, seven, eight thousand people maybe follow them on Twitter and they're putting out all their data and it's it. Some of it's quite good. Back in the day, they'd be telling their friends at the bar or, you know, maybe printing a zine out at Kinko's, you know, passing it out to 28 people. But here's what I, I think there's a flip side to all that, which is any opinion that the average fan has, no analytics guy wants to have. I was on local Vegas radio today and the guy was saying Coach K is one of the worst in-game coaches. In-game is in the whistle blows and his decisions in those 40 minutes, one of the worst in the country. Mm. And he was 100% serious. But I would say a vast majority of the wonks, the analytics guys, if you say, name me the top 10 coaches in college basketball, probably not one of them have a national title because if somehow they win a national title that they're too popular. <laughs> so no way can the, the guys in the basement like them. So Fez, you talk to those guys in the basement, you try to exploit them. Let's be honest. Uh, you want to get their information and, and win money from it. I'm the dirtiest player in the game. So where's coach K on your top X list? Oh, I think he's the top. 10 coach. I mean, would you say your friends in the basement think that? No, my friends in the basement <laughs> love the old school coaches, RJ, that ha- they have the coaches that have limited athletes and they run all these backdoor cuts and slow it down. And they hate the, the coach that knows I've got the better athletes. So we're going to go up tempo 
and they just don't like that type of new school basketball. This is straight out of Vegas. What does it mean when Geico says 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Okay, next game, Villanova. Ooh, this team looks good. We predicted it. We talked about Villanova, and this was on straight out of Vegas. It was on our podcast, the Dream Preview. And guys, if you like a deep dive, you know, we we did the Sweet 16 round. You're thinking eight games. How long is that going to take? Two plus hours. We had Brad, Fezzik, and a bookmaker, biggest bookmaker in Vegas. We'll be doing the Final Four this week. Just go to your favorite podcast player, search for RJ Bell, subscribe, and you get that and so much more. We do interviews, all kind of fun stuff, and deep dives with the podcast. We've been talking, though. Villanova had the guard play to do well against that West Virginia press, and we also thought any chance West Virginia had was better in the first half, and the guys on Twitter, the feedback was, we catch the first half, we catch the second half. Great for us as batters. What's the Villanova takeaway, though, when it comes to this next round? Villanova actually was sloppy with the press. 17 turnovers for Villanova, a team that averages less than 10 a game. But the question isn't how much does Villanova average against a typical opponent. It's what does West Virginia's opponents average in turnovers, and how did Villanova do relative to that? About average compared to the other teams. But here's where Villanova is not only above average, but exceptional at least the last three games, Villanova, how about this? From behind the arc in the three NCAA tournament games, Villanova has hit 44 out of 92. 48% from behind the arc with 44 made threes. When Villanova's making them, and even when and it's just an average performance from them, they're clearly Villanova the best team left in this tournament. And we're going to continue breaking down tonight's results and look at that second Sunday matchup with Villanova against Texas Tech. But first, let's go to Kevin Figures with the latest. All right, RJ, you mentioned Villanova taking on Texas Tech. The way they got there is the fact that the Red Raiders defeated Purdue 78-265 in one of the East Regionals on Friday night in the Sweet 16. Texas Tech's first trip to the Elite Eight in school history. Keenan Evans, the leading scorer there with 16 points there for the Red Raiders. Villanova gets the victory over West Virginia 90-78. Jalen Brunson with 27 points there for Villanova. Michael Bridges also chipped in 16 points as the Wildcats shot 54% from three-point distance in the game. That West Virginia press did for 17 turnovers, seven above their average, but Villanova was able to light up from three-point distance and be able to get the victory in the Midwest region. Top-ranked Kansas advances. They beat Clemson 80-76. to They blew a 20-point lead. It was cut down to six with about two and a half minutes remaining, but they were able to hold on and advance to the Elite Eight for the third consecutive season. And also in the Midwest region, it was Duke, the two-seed, with a 69-65 victory over 11-seeded Syracuse as Marvin Bagley had 22 points for the Blue Devils. Wendell Carter chipped in 14 points and 12 rebounds. In the pros, the Golden State Warriors did notch a 106-94 victory over the Atlanta Hawks. The footnote to that is the victory, though, because Steph Curry, after returning after missing six games with an injured ankle, did leave in the third quarter after suffering an MCL sprain or strain is what they're calling it. He's going to undergo an MRI later on Saturday to figure out uh, the severity of that injury. He did lead them in scoring, by the way, in just those three quarters of work, 29 points, 7 rebounds. Nick Young also had 24 points. The Celtics, without Kyrie Irving, he's going to undergo a minor knee procedure on Saturday as well. 
but they got a victory in Portland 105 to 100 as Marcus Morris had 30 points to offset Lillard and McCollum for the Blazers. They each scored 26 points. Spurs beat the Jazz 124 to 120 in overtime. Wins for the Thunder, Bucks, and the Cavaliers. T-Wolves clinched their first playoff berth since 2003-2004 with a victory over the New York Knicks. And some news out of your neck of the woods there, gentlemen. The Nevada State Athletic Commission temporarily suspending boxer Canelo Alvarez after two positive tests for the banned substance clenbuterol could possibly put his matchup rematch with Gennady Golovkin in jeopardy, possibly. Thank you, Kevin. Listen, I can't be too hard on a guy that loves Mexican meat. Straight out of Vegas, because let's be candid, a burrito... I mean, you go. I don't know. When you go to like the real authentic Mexican places, you have no idea where that meat's <laughs> coming from, but it tastes mighty, mighty good, right? Because if, if you told me there's a Yelp four, four and a half star and it's 80 bucks a plate at some fancy, you know, somewhere deep in the Bellagio or it's over here on DI and uh, Eastern and hey, walk quickly from your car getting into the place. I'm going to DI and East. I am too. Right Even if it were you. priced the same, to me, Mexican food, the authentic place is unmatched. But once again, what kind of performance enhancing drugs are in that meat? <laughs> but then, you know, that segues to another thought is you would think, though, like everyone coming out of those Mexican restaurants would look like bodybuilders. That's not the case. No, it's not. <laughs> it's very confusing. Let's get to what we know for sure, which is how good this Villanova team is. Brad, you do your power ratings, and I think they're the best in the business. So the Vegas perspective, college basketball, and you rate them all, 1-351. to 351. Villanova's 1. Yep. Who, who's 2? Duke is 2. What is the diff- neutral field, all other things equal, just the intrinsic ability of the teams? How do we compare... Villanova and Duke. Villanova, probably a one-and-a-half point favorite. So they're the best team and by more than a smidge yep. over Duke. Now, I found this fascinating. What happens if you had taken 100 bucks and let it ride to get to the Elite Eight? So every team, none of these teams were playing teams, right? Nope. All right, so three wins each. And here's how much you would have won. If you had said, "Oh, I think Duke's going to the Elite Eight, your hundred bucks would have won thirty-seven dollars. <laughs> I mean, think it. So, like, Duke was minus three hundred, pretty much, to be in the Elite Eight. Villanova, that hundred bucks, letting it ride on the money line three straight times, fifty-five dollars. Kansas, hundred and twenty-six. You would have won. These are the winnings now." Michigan, 200. Texas Tech, 320. Kansas State, 700. So let's think about that when we get to the two jumbo payoffs. Is, oh, I think Kansas State's going to do really well. I'm going to take 100, let it ride, let it ride. Three times, you would have won over $700. Loyola, Sister Jean, Eleven hundred, a hundred would have won you eleven hundred. Here's the shocker: Florida State, one hundred, let it ride, twenty three hundred. So you would have won almost double on Florida State over uh, (laughs) Sister Jean's team. Loyola. (laughs) You know what happened, Faz? 
is I struggled with that him. one time and he janks me. I'm going to yeah, blame him did. for it. I, that's yeah, fine. Dirtiest player in the game. He is. He he's always looking for, He's always looking for an edge. Yes, right? he is. But hey, we're, he's, we're usually on his side, so I don't mind. Yeah. And so, it, so does that surprise you with that Florida State? It, it does not. And the reason is, is that Loyola got a dream draw. There's been so many upsets in this tournament. It's turned everything upside down. But the one team that legitimately had to scratch and claw and beat all the big boys has been Florida State. And we're going to be talking about that matchup in literally a couple of minutes. First, though, quickly, let's look at the last game from tonight. Purdue, Texas Tech. And Purdue favored in this game by two. Tech, though, wins by 13. Yeah, didn't agree with the line like Texas Tech. And here's why. I just think Texas Tech's underrated in the marketplace. Why a key injury to their best player, Keenan Evans. Take it back a month ago, middle of February. Texas Tech looks like they're going to win the Big 12 regular season title and that long streak of Kansas. Keenan Evans get, gets hurt, misses a game, less than 100% for three games. Texas Tech loses four games. Now that Keenan Evans is getting healthy, Tech's won five of their last six games. This is a legitimate top five team. You know, I somewhat disagree because I don't think Keenan Evans played all that well. I think this was all about the big man for Purdue, Isaac Haas, who had the dislocated elbow, couldn't play. His backup harms wasn't nearly as good. He actually got banged up in this game. The Purdue offense completely struggled, only 25 points in the first half. It was the Purdue offense that allowed Texas Tech to get this big lead. I think you both can be right, too, on this one. I agree with Brad for sure. One of the great ways to find value, to find an underrated team, is find a team that had a 5, 10, 12-game stretch, so less than half the season at most, in which they were at a detriment, where they had some negative that doesn't apply today. And the most obvious example, a team that has an injury. Yep. Right? Key guy, especially if they're not a huge name. right? Maybe two moderately impactful injuries. You have a seven-game stretch, they go two and five. It skews the results. It skews the stats. But truthfully, you take out those games, and the team's much better. Yeah, no question about that. Let me first, I'll agree with you, Fess. Keenan Evans didn't have that great of a night tonight. But I was generally speaking, Keenan Evans coming in tonight, last five games, was averaging 21 points per game. Straight out of Vegas, I'm R.J. Bell, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Let's look ahead in just a minute or two, and we're going to deep dive tomorrow night, 10 Pacific to midnight right here on Fox Villanova favored by six and a half against Texas Tech. Yeah, and Texas Tech's only chance in this one, they're going to have to slow Villanova down. Something West Virginia probably should have done more today after Villanova was beating their press. That's going to be their only shot, and they're going to need, like tonight, from that supporting cast outside of Keenan Evans, they're going to need multiple players to keep up with the Villanova scoring. And again, I think we have a court that is supposed to be neutral, but it's not neutral. We're in Boston here. This is going to be such a pro-Villanova crowd. I think it's a key advantage to the favorite here. Here's the question. We in Vegas have it so much tougher than the average sports talk show or the average sports content provider. All any other show has to do, and let's be candid, in my opinion, the Fox Sports guys are the best in the business. I listen... I would say 80-plus percent of my radio listening, podcast listening, is the Fox guys. They do a wonderful job. But Colin, best in the business, in my opinion, he just has to be right. And you think, well, that's pretty tough being right. Yeah, it is. But in Vegas, 
you don't have to just be right. You have to be right when other people are wrong. So, Faz, you're saying something you believe is right, which is Villanova's going to have a home court edge. The marketplace, the other Vegas guys, do they see that too? Is that built into this number? I don't think they built it into the minus six and a half. I think they'll build it in tomorrow because I think this line's going higher. Pregame.com, straight out of Vegas, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part? Figuring out which way is easier. Okay, guys, let's get into tomorrow's action. There's two games, and first one, we do have K-State, Kansas State, against Sister Jean's team. Kansas State favored by one and a half. Brad Powers. And I don't think after this one's all said and done, Sister Jean is not going to the final four in this one. I'm going to lean with Kansas State. Well, Kansas. you're mean. It's all about the cash for you. Yeah, I'm going to lean with Kansas State. And here's why. A remarkable performance for Kansas State to outright upset Kentucky. If you'd have told me before the game, Kansas State would shoot only 35%. They'd get out-rebounded by nine against Kentucky. Kansas State would go to the free-throw line 15 times less than Kentucky Kansas State would foul three of their players out, and Kansas State's best player, Dean Wade, would only play eight minutes and only have four points. I'd have thought Kansas State lost by 15 or 20 points. They didn't. Kansas State didn't play that well, still beat Kentucky. So, how do, hold on a second. So, you're rattling off a bunch of stuff. It's probably all blur. So, what you're saying is that the indicators of what typically a winning team is going to deliver. And some advantages typically a winning team's going to have. Things like shooting foul shots, etc. Kansas State didn't have. None of those. But they still won. Still won. And your response is, but they didn't play well. Who plays well to you? Like, well, no, I'm serious. Well, it's like if you have all the, it's almost like saying, I ran a marathon with 25 pounds on my back and I got third. Oh, God, you stink. Yeah. I mean, it's like, how didn't they play well? <laughs> Well, I mean, from your no, typical well, I mean, indicators. I, I want to hear the well, answer. Well, defensively, they played well. I was shooting off a lot of offensive stats and rebounding stats. I thought defensively, they were exceptional against Kentucky. All right, so they were exceptional against Kentucky, but, and they played net-net better than Kentucky. But also, they benefited from Kentucky missing 15 free-throw attempts. I'm going to go the other way. I like Loyola. Brad mentioned that Dean Wade, their best player for Kansas State, played badly. He's not their best player anymore. He's injured. We thought he would be back to close to 100%. He's not close to 100%. He couldn't even play at the end of last game. And on the flip side, Loyola, who was injured earlier in the year, their two best players when their guards play, RJ, they're 23-1 and straight up, including wins over four teams that are better than this K-State team. When we come back, I'm going to continue correcting the boys, and we're going to talk about the second Saturday game straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! RJ Bell here. Best bets down the home stretch. Brad Powers, best bet. First, though, brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, wrapping up with Sister Jean versus Kansas. Hey, listen, I want to be on Sister Jean's side. History, though, tells us it's not likely. And that's one of the beautiful things about the NCAA tournament is since 1985, we've had 64 teams starting on that first Thursday. So we can ignore the play-ins because you got 64 
starting on the first Thursday. And so far, as many upsets as we've had, and we've had a lot of them, there hasn't been a single one that's really bucked history. So I'll give you an example about the Elite Eight. Only one Elite Eight team in the modern era since 1985, that's out of 272 Elite Eight teams entering this year, has been seeded. Only one worse than a number 11. This year, there wasn't one team worse than 11 that even made the Sweet 16. Forget the Elite Eight. So Loyola winning. Yeah, it's been a nice story. It's They're at the very fringe of a team that can get this far, but not bucking history at all. But now they're up against it. Cinderella has a curfew, as I like to say, is going back to when seedings began in 1979, there's been 156 Final Four teams. Only four double-digit seeds. So it feels like we're at the, well, history tells us this is where it ends. I'm rooting for Sister Jean. Brad, last thought in this game. Well, I'm not rooting for Sister Jean. I'm rooting for Kansas State, and I think that's where the value Heartless. is. Yeah, and Fezzik mentioned Kansas State's best player, Dean Wade. He's worried about him not playing. Well, Dean Wade's played eight minutes in three games. If Kansas State can beat Kentucky without Dean Wade, they sure as heck can beat Loyola Chicago. Okay, our next game tomorrow, Michigan-Florida State. Michigan favored by four and a half. One fascinating thing about Michigan, last team left. If they win, the betters in net win in the future titles pool. All those 5-1, to 10-1 bets. Any other team wins, the dastardly bookies win. If Michigan wins, the betters win. There's been that much Michigan money. Fez, you got a big Michigan ticket. 40 to 1 in your pocket, Brad, in this game. Michigan favored by 4.5. And, and I like Michigan. Best bet for this me. This is your best bet. Best bet, Michigan minus 4.5. Two factors I like. Michigan had one bad game here in the last 10 or 12. No one's playing better than Michigan. It was the Houston game. Michigan overcame their worst shooting percentage of the entire season, got the win. What happened? Michigan went back to playing some of the best basketball of the year, crushing Texas A&M. On the flip side, Florida State, kudos. They beat Gonzaga, but Gonzaga had by far their worst shooting percentage of the entire season. Won't happen here against the Wolverines. I like Michigan and a very pro-Michigan crowd, minus the four and a half. So, hidden home court advantage. Best bet, Michigan. Fez, 20 seconds thoughts. I like Michigan as well. Brad nailed it. I've never seen so many Wolverine fans in Staples Center. That was like a game in Ann Arbor against Texas A&M. More of the same in this game. And Michigan, not used to going in the Rose, hasn't been in the Rose Bowl in 10 years as far as football, so the fan base needs to travel somewhere to L.A. sometime. I tell you guys, we hear a lot of talk about perfect brackets. Right now, if you would have gone with a perfect bracket, your odds, based on all the money lines, eh, $111 trillion to one. It's never going to happen, 52 out of 52. Tomorrow night, deep dive, deep dive. We're so excited about it. Next up, we got the one, the only, Jonas Knox. Talk to you tomorrow, 10 o'clock Pacific time. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.